All right, hey everyone, thank you guys for tuning in. This is our very first episode uh, with Milwaukee Avenue Church of Christ and their podcast. We have with me Reagan McClenny, is that right? That's right. Reagan McClenny, he's our guest speaker this weekend, and he's here to talk uh, to the youth and since and to talk about the youth, uh, specifically about prayer over the weekend. And I figured we'd interview him, we'll have a conversation, and we'll kind of gear our our conversation towards that subject as well. So a few questions, and uh, and we'll go through them. I hope you enjoy. So give, tell me about yourself. Give me a little introduction. Uh, so my name is Reagan McClenny. I work and worship with the Timberland Drive Church of Christ in Lufkin, Texas. Uh, Lufkin is about uh, an hour and a half north of Houston. Okay. Uh, but I was raised in Lubbock and the Lubbock area. So this kind of feels like home being out here in West Texas again, being able to see um, there was a nice breeze on the porch last night, so yeah. uh, it was uh, it was nice to be back back in the home environment, I guess. Um, and so I've been in Lufkin for the last ten years, uh, working with the group there, and so so that's become our family. Um, we we really love being there. Really, yeah. how long have you been preaching? Uh, so I've been preaching full time since '06, I guess. Okay, yeah. So so a while. You've oh, been a while. Your belt. <laughs> yeah. yeah, very good. Very good. And so we're going to talk about the youth and going in. I was thinking, my first question, what are your thoughts on the future of the youth and, and their faith going forward? Uh, I think, you know, they're like all of us. They're, they're figuring it out. They're uh, getting their feet under them as to having their own faith uh, and developing their own faith. But I think the future is bright because there are people with good and honest hearts. Um, and so much has changed in our world. And I think we think about that and maybe emphasize that even too much because there are some things that haven't changed. God hasn't changed. His word hasn't changed. And people really haven't changed. Um, I was sitting down with my grandmother. She lives here in Lubbock. And uh, she was going through a bunch of old pictures. And there were some pictures of the congregation that she attended when she was a little girl. Uh, and there was this boy that kept showing up in like every picture. And that's what, even what she said. She said, I don't even know who this kid is, but he is in every picture. Well, you know a kid like that, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. so from the 40s till now, it's not like people have changed. And from the first century till now, people haven't really changed. And so God knows people. And his word, I think, still reaches the hearts of people. And so so I feel good that, that our youth, uh, as they know and are exposed to, to God's word, um, they're going to do great things. So you are optimistic going into the future. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's um, good. The Lord's, the, word, the Lord's word does not return void. And... Um, you know, the church is going to be fine. Uh, that's that's the way I've always felt about it, um, because uh, the seed is there, and the seed is going to produce what it's supposed to produce. I see. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's very good. How should you how should the youth participate specifically, though? Um, well, I think, first of all, they should participate. Yeah. Um, and that's something that needs to be emphasized to them. Uh, I did something, and this has just been the last few, few months. Uh, I asked our group, our kids back home at Timberland Drive, I said, who here knows what their role in this local church is? And I was I was shocked. Yeah. Like, nobody raised their hand. Like, nobody knew what their role was. And we're talking about, you know, really good kids from good families who who are working on their faith and have strong faith. And, and they're like, I don't know. And so I took them to Ephesians 4. Um, and verse 16 is something I've really been trying to emphasize with them a lot over yeah. the last several months. Um, so Ephesians 4, 16, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, 
causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. And so my question is, if you're a Christian, are you a part of this church or not? Are you a part of this local group or not? And if you are, then you have a part to play. And the church is never going to be what it's supposed to be, at least not fully, unless you're playing your part in this body. You have a role to play. Um, and if I can paraphrase 1 Corinthians chapter 12, right? Because you are a youth, are you not of the body? Uh, but God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. God has a place for you in the body where you're supposed to be. You need to figure out what that place is. Um, find your role and fulfill it. And obviously our roles change as as our age changes, as our maturity changes. Uh, but but I guess maybe the next natural question is, how do I find my role? And there in, in Ephesians chapter 4, he emphasizes three things in verses 11 through 15, right before verse 16. Uh, there's ability, right? What am I good at? Uh, what, do, what do I have naturally? What am I naturally able to do? Well, do that, right? God has given you that ability. There are needs. I, I look at the congregation. Where is there a deficiency, or where is there something that that isn't happening, or where is somewhere that someone needs help? Uh, there's a need there. That's what I need to be doing. And then there's growth. You know, we all have to grow in knowledge and understanding, but also in the things that we're doing to where. This is something that I want to be doing, and I'm going to grow into that. Yeah, so, it says the body grows there. Yeah, absolutely. I don't, I don't know if many, you know, many of the youth know how to participate, or if they feel like they should. They know their spot that they should participate, and it's good seeing churches there that encourage that participation. Well, I was surprised by that. I mean, I don't know if you've asked the the young people here that sort of question, but do you think they know? I don't think they know as much as. We, we take for granted that they might know. Yeah. And so they kind of sit on the sidelines. And I think in today's world, a lot of us, we want to be told what to do. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if initiative is something that we're there, but I am optimistic. And I see this youth, this generation wanting to participate. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. And uh, if the desire is there from a good heart, then then there's plenty of work to be done. I mean, I mean, you know this and and working with this group here, I don't care where you are, I don't care how great the congregation is, there is so much work to be done uh, in God's kingdom. And these young people, they have abilities and they have uh, influence that you and I don't have right. um, with with their realm, with, with the people who look up to them. And so so they need to use that. Um, my, my biggest suggestion to, to young people when they think about what's my role in the congregation is just to look outside yourself, right. right? Look beyond me and my little world, what's going on with me. Look to somebody else and say, what can I do for somebody else? Whether it's somebody older, whether it's somebody younger. I mean, those young people, younger than you, they look up to you. If they're a couple years younger than you, I mean, you probably remember, as I do, there was somebody that you looked up to and said, man, I want to be like them. Yeah. Right? Yeah, there was. Um, so so that's, that's something that you can definitely do. Um, speak to people. Right. I mean, that's a small thing. Right. Yeah. Even in our our Corona age, uh, (laughs) even if it's with a mask on, speak to people, speak to older people and you'll be amazed at the relationships you can build there. And there's stuff that everybody can do. You know, write a card, call a shop, shut in, pray for everybody on the list. Do y'all have something like that? Do you have like a bulletin or something that's got like sick list and like people you support? We do. We have a prayer list and it goes out um, and 
we try to make that a thing where we go out and pray to everyone. It's a little harder with COVID now. You sure. you know you want to go over sometimes their house and pray. You can't necessarily do that. But that's the beauty about prayer is yeah. that uh, you know it's God that grows, and so it causes the growth, and so He can take control a lot of times. Absolutely. So and, uh, I like that. So you said uh, ability, needs, yeah. and growth. Growth. So those are the three things, right? So I've got abilities. There are needs in the congregation. We're all supposed to be growing. Well, if you're striving to see those three things, where do I need to grow? Where am I good already? And then what are the needs of the congregation? You will find a role in the body. And if you're thinking to yourself, well, okay, but what is that? Well, just ask. Ask, ask George, right? <laughs> uh, ask, ask the preachers. Ask the elders. Ask the deacons. Ask your parents. I mean, your parents definitely have some stuff that you could be doing, right? Right. Um, and so just ask with an open heart to say, okay, you know, wherever I'm needed, I'm willing to serve. Uh, whether that's something that's out front where lots of people see it or it's behind the scenes where not very many people do. There's something that you can something be doing. You can do. yeah. um, and if you can do it, then you should do it because God says every part of the body has a role to play. I like that. But with numbers dwindling, mm-hmm. um, what do we do? Is there anything that we need to change um, to reach those younger people, if there's anything to change at all, um, I, I think I'd maybe divide that into two categories. When you say reach, who are you talking about? The youth. And okay. The youth. So, yeah. so we've got our youth, right? Yeah. Um, I just call them my kids. Like, <laughs> you know, I think about our group back home. You know, those are my kids. Like I didn't birth them, but but I love them like they were my own spiritually, know, spiritually, right? Yeah. And so. So we've got our kids and how we try and reach them and build their faith is maybe a little different than uh, the young people that we reach that, that come to us yeah. who, who um, are, are not from Christian homes, maybe, who are not part of our group, those sorts of things. Um, for our kids, this is something that's, that's been, you know, hard for me to learn, I guess, um, you know, especially early in my preaching career, it was like, you know, I'm going to be able to reach everybody. And it was like, I'm going to do it, you know. And and I realized a couple of things. First of all, it wasn't going to be me. I don't want anybody converted to me. It's going to be the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. But then secondly, I think we really have to emphasize uh, parental responsibility. You know, whose job is it to develop the faith of these kids? Um, I'm a big supporter of public schools. I don't know if you are or not. You, you go to public school. I went to you, both. Actually. Oh, you went yeah, to both. So, both sides of the coin. So homeschool and public school? Do you, you throw private school in there too? Just no, the we don't rich enough to do that. Okay, all right. Fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. I don't know if there are private schools in Happy Texas or not. No, but I went to public school in several different states. So, so I'm, you know, my parents are both educators. My wife is an educator. I taught school for a little while. I'm on the school board back home now. I'm a big proponent of public school, but I think one of the biggest problems um, with public school is it creates this mentality that I'm turning the education of my child over to somebody else, mm-hmm. right? And they're, I'm going to send them to school and they're going to educate them um, when we all know it's really the parent's job to educate the, the child or it sure. ought to be, right? But that mindset maybe creeps into the church a little bit too. Um, have you heard somebody, you know, lamenting and, oh, your heart just goes out to somebody who says, you know, I don't know what happened with my kid. Mm-hmm. I brought him to church every time the door was open. Yeah. Well. I hear that a lot. Is, but is that enough? Like, 
like, does the Bible say churches bring up your youth group in the nurture and admonition of the Lord? I mean, it doesn't, right? Like Ephesians 6, if you're still there in Ephesians, Ephesians 6 and verse 1, children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Parents are the ones who have the responsibility to command their children in a way that they obey, and that's going to lead them down the paths of righteousness. Then verse 4, and you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. Um, and so that's that's it. And maybe in this, one of the good things to come out of the quarantine and having to stay home and not having Bible classes and those sorts of things is maybe it's caused us to realize, look, uh, it's not the church's responsibility to bring up my child. Yeah. Um, now, as the pillar and ground of the truth, the church is a, an awesome supplement in teaching and preaching and all of those things. It's a great resource, uh, but ultimately parents have to do that. So you're thinking maybe the initiative goes away the more we think public school takes over? In yeah, a sense? like the church, is in, the church is in charge of, yeah. of the faith of my child. Um, well, no, I as a father, I've got two little girls. Yeah. Um, and the weight of that is incredible. You know, it is my responsibility, mine and Stephanie's, my wife, um, it's our responsibility to bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord and the teaching um, and discipline of the Lord. Now, do you think that with public schools being involved too, that it's maturing the youth enough to uh, that they should be? So when they go into the church and they grow spiritually, it's equally balanced? Um, I mean, I, I think... Any kind of schooling background, like I said, I'm yeah, I'm for public schools in a lot of cases, um, but but we have a ton of great, awesome homeschool parents, um, and 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 even that idea of you know I've got them at home. Well, I'm still in charge of, uh, I'm still in charge of their spiritual education. Yeah. Um, you know, I know a lot of homeschool curriculums have spiritual things built into them. I think that's awesome. But just turning them over to the curriculum, that's not the answer either, right? We need to be studying together. We need to be praying together as families. Mm. Uh, we need to be discussing God's Word together where we ask and answer questions and those Meaning things by are, example. Sure, are open, right? That yeah. we can, it's not taboo to ask and answer questions <laughs> uh, because that's how we grow and that's how we grow in our faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so the Word of God needs to be a, a part of our lives. Um and, and so I don't want to say, all right, well, great, you know, it's the parents, so we don't have any responsibility. Um, I think one of the biggest things that we can do uh, for our kids that are our birth kids, right, the kids, yeah. kids at church, is build relationships with them. Um, you know, things are adages for a reason. Uh, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. I mean, everybody's heard that. Yeah, yeah. But... That idea of fostering these relationships with one another across the age spectrums. I mean, you've probably I think seen that's it, right? Key. And I think it's yeah. key in maturity, too. If you're just hanging around just people your age, then you're not going to get that experience someone else has already lived. So, so you as a young person, you seek out relationships. And then the older people, the older are supposed to teach the younger. Yeah. Um, but that teaching is really effective when there's a relationship there to where I'm, I'm willing and and uh, to, to listen. Yeah. I'm willing to hear what this guy has to say because I know he loves me, right? Now, is is Christianity appealing to the youth? Oh, absolutely. I think it is. The, the real thing is. Um, but how do you get people to 
be serious about their spirituality, if you will? Um, that's that's a great question. Um, you talk about Christianity being appealing. Uh, I didn't ask you this before. We maybe edit this out if your answer is wrong, right? right? But yeah. no. um, <laughs> do you like pizza? Yeah, I love pizza. I love pizza. Okay, yeah. I love pizza too. Um, but my daughter Brooklyn has a dairy allergy. My six-year-old. Mm, yeah. And so uh, we went on a cruise uh, in December of last year. First time we've ever gone on a cruise. And they had an option for a dairy-free pizza. Uh, so we ordered that for her. And it was like the worst thing I've ever put in my mouth. Like, like it came out and it was like these blobs of like yellow cardboard or something. I'm talking yeah, that's about. not cheese. Yeah, it wasn't cheese. It wasn't cheese at all. And so if that was all you had ever tasted and you said, that's pizza, would you like it? No. No, nobody would, right? Nobody would. Hmm. Um, and so I think sometimes we have to be careful uh, <laughs> that we're putting the genuine article of Christianity out there. Um and, and if we want to appeal to people, then we, we use the appeal of Christ. Uh, I, I, really think, I really think that's where a lot of denominations have just missed it. You know, it's food and fun and, hey, there's no accountability here. There's no judgment. Yeah. Um, and we're going to sneak Jesus in the back door, right? And then, and then people go off to college and, like, they're just into total worldliness because, well, it's about having fun. It's about pleasing myself. It's about all these things. It's despising their youth. There's no foundation. It. There's no foundation yeah. there. And it's as if, well, they can't handle the real thing. Mm-hmm. Well, they can. Um, if, they, if they're to a point to where they're accountable for their actions, then that means that they can handle the real thing. And we just, we have something. We have something that that so many don't have. We have the Word of God. Yeah. We have the true gospel. Um, and if we share that with these kids, I think it is appealing. I think the real thing is always appealing. I think you're right. I think you're right. Now, how do you inspire, kind of ending on a positive note, how do you inspire young people to have an active prayer life, have an active life? We kind of talked about an active life in the church. Mm-hmm. What are some of the benefits of a fruitful prayer? Well, the way you frame that question, uh, inspire them. Yeah. You know, I can't do that, but God can. Uh, God inspires us. When I see God for all that he is, um, for all that he has done, for all that he is doing, for all that he will do as God of heaven and earth, and then he says, I'm giving you access to my power. Um, just come and ask of me. Uh, yeah. I mean, that inspires me, right? I, I want to go and I want to, to pray to God, uh, knowing that he hears and answers my prayer as a faithful Christian. I mean, that is inspiring, isn't it? It is. Um, so yeah. if we can see God in our relationship with Him, uh, then then absolutely, I think that will inspire us. Benefits of prayer. Uh, I mean, how many can we list? It gets the God of the universe working for our good on our side. Yeah, on our side. Yeah. I mean, I mean, first and foremost, that's we could just list that one, and that would be it. But it increases our faith. It gives us wisdom. Uh, it refocuses our priority. Uh, when we pray, we say, this is what's really important. We get to, to consider and think about and emphasize spiritual things. Uh, it motivates us by obligation, right? I pray all these things and I say, in Jesus' name, amen, so let it be. Well, now God looks back at me and say, okay, you prayed for a bunch of things. What are you going to be doing to, to work in my kingdom? To bring yeah, it's not about? a one-way street, for yeah. sure. Yeah, there has to be some sort of action on the part as well. For sure. And I think that can be taken for granted. If you don't have that foundation, you just kind of think, well, God's going to do everything for you, but that's not how growth happens. Yeah, for sure. At the same time. 
Um, and you talk about a two-way street. I mean, yeah. that's what prayer is supposed to be. It's not just me talking to God. God is supposed to talk back. And he talks back through his word. He talks back through wise counsel. Uh, and so I need to be studying and listening and seeking that counsel um, so that I can receive the answers that I'm asking God for. I think that's a great place to end it. Well, that has been our interview with uh, Reagan McClenney. Um, please uh, go ahead and subscribe and and uh, follow us on all wherever you get your podcasts. And thank you so much for listening. Reagan. Thanks, George. Thank you.